Hi, this is Kim Stinger, Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek Continues. All hailing frequencies are now open for the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, your independent Star Trek podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Trek Geeks. This is episode 101. Wow. We're fresh off episode 100, and we couldn't be happier to be back with you guys. Joining me, as he always does every single episode. You know, I have to say, if there were ever a duplicate of him accidentally created by the transporter, I'd set the ship to auto-destruct and hijack the nearest escape pod to get the hell out of there. He's the largely unbearable Dan Davidson. And Dan, one of you is hard enough to take, my friend. Welcome aboard the start of our next hundred episodes. Well, thanks. And all I have to say is I hope we have a similar uh, instance like Parallels where there's 275,000 of me. Thank you very much. Oh, I, no, no, <laughs> just no. Episode 101. Wow. Yeah. You That's and I were just commiserating awesome. that we haven't done this for a month, and yeah. it's really weird to think that. So I'm excited to be back in the saddle, and unfortunately, you're here with me. I was going to say it was the best month I think I've had in a long time, so uh, <laughs> right back at you, Pally. Well, uh, Dan, after the, uh, the 100th episode that we dropped just a couple of weeks ago, we've had a lot of new people checking out the Trek Geeks podcast. Um, might you tell them how they could possibly subscribe to this here auditory extravaganza? Wow, that's a good way to put it. It's very easy. It's super easy, I would say, to, to subscribe. I can't say it, but it's easy to click and do things. You can get all the brand new episodes of the Trek Geeks downloaded automatically to your mobile device. Just head on over to subscribe.trekgeeks.com and find out how you can get this very here podcast every Tuesday on your iPod iPhone, Android, or any other favorite device, Bill. It's just that simple. Could I get that on my speak and spell? No. It's just that simple. (laughs) Dan, um, as kind of a surprise development today, we have a special guest geek joining us for the full hour. Yeah, we got a we got a very special guest tonight. This is pretty awesome. We tre- we tweeted out earlier today that we were going to be recording tonight. It was going to be a special. I'll let the cat out of the bag right now. Actually, it's going to be a special. The best officer, first officer in all of Starfleet, William T. Riker, extraordinaire episode tonight. So we all of a sudden get a bunch of replies, Bill, from our good friend that she is the Riker girl. So we said, hey, we got to bring her on the show tonight. So we have none other than. The very awesome Terry Lynn from the GNT show. Oh my God, I can't believe you're here, Terry. Hi, thank you. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, boys. I'm so excited. I am so excited. When I saw you tweet that you guys were going to be doing the full record episode, I was like, ah, so have to be there. But I have so to thank ask you for inviting me. 
Are you excited because you're on our show, or are yes. you excited because it's about Riker? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a good yes. answer. Um, <laughs> I wish I knew what it was like to be excited on our show. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I know. I know, right? Imagine my life. Dan, as you know, this is our first episode back from uh, our 100th extravaganza, our three-hour-long magnum opus, if you will. And um, the response we've had to A Journey of Futures Past Part 1 has been just utterly amazing and overwhelming. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, absolutely agree. It's funny. Um, we talked before the release about we were nervous about this. It was so long. Three hours. I think it's 3.15 is what it boiled down to total. Um, and we were nervous. You know, are people going to f- tune in for the full three hours? This is the first time we've done a scripted episode like this. And I'll tell you, the re- the response that we've been getting has been completely overwhelming. I am so thankful to you and to all the people that have been sending us the kind words about the episode. It really was a special uh, time down there. It was so great to have Norm on as our guest host. There's just so many positive things about it. It was fantastic. You know, it's um, it was really kind of a weird undertaking. Every now and then I get these weird ideas and I run them by you and and you just sort of go with it because I don't think you really understand what's going on in my tiny little pea brain sometimes. And this is just one of those things that kind of like our Trek 50 episode turned out really sort of uh, amazing, at least from my perspective. Um, I, I, you know, listening to it as a whole, I thought that, that your pieces were phenomenal and um, I think as a whole, uh, it's it's really interesting to hear a documentary of this kind of trip because there really aren't many shows of the Star Trek vein that do this kind of thing. No, I agree. And and thank you for for, for what you just said. I got to say, <clears throat> I think a lot of people have the same thing. And I know you're going to throw your own little funny old joke in here. I hate listening to the sound of my own voice. And I do too, Dan. Okay. Yeah, I got a very funny bill. Um, you make it but, so easy. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I got to say, I think the same thing. Listening to your parts, I was blown away. I thought they were fantastic. And I'm not just saying that to to be a smart aleck or anything. It really was great. So if we're both thinking that each person did a great job, I guess we can say it uh, It came out pretty damn good. And I'm, it's something I am very, very proud of. And uh, I'm, I'm just so thankful that all of our listeners have enjoyed it as much as they've been telling us. It's been great. Well, you know, we, we thanked a whole bunch of people in the course of doing episode 100. Um, I, I feel like we should probably reiterate our thanks to everybody in Camp Kittimer who has been amazingly supportive of the show. And, you know, um, every time there's something new that happens, they're usually the first people to find out about it. And we got such great feedback from everybody over there. Um, I want to thank, you know, my wife, Kelly, who's been uh, incredibly (laughs) understanding as I would record so many more nights than normal just to Mm -hmm. do the narrative pieces for this. And, uh, and of course, your wife, Sue, who has been amazing throughout all this. Um, I, I don't think we could have done this episode necessarily without them, um, I think understanding is the right word. <laughs> That's a very good word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, I echo the same things. I of course have uh, just so many thanks to my wife Sue for she you know everything everything at some point in our conversations always turns to something Star Trek, whether it be, oh, that person was in Trek. Oh, I want to get that piece of thing for my office. This, that, and the other thing. It's always Trek, and she always 
allows it and and has fun with it. And it was even better the other night when we got done watching an episode of one series of a television show that we watch, and she goes, hey, let's watch an episode of Star Trek. So I love her and thank her so much for everything. And like you said, all the folks in Camp Kittimer and all the people that really help get our word out and our podcast, you get people like Haley and Heather and Jackie and Dan over in Camp Kittimer. They're always there retweeting and reposting the stuff that we do for the podcast. And without their help and everybody else's help, we wouldn't be able to get the podcast out to so many people. So we are always thankful. And I say that because they really did their part with episode 100. They really helped get the word out. And uh, that's why we've been getting such great response from a lot of people that we have not talked to before. So we're very thankful. And I'm very thankful to all those people as well. Well, if it weren't for them, and honestly, the, the people who listen to Trek Geeks who, who take an hour or so, or in this case, three hours or so out of their day to spend it with a couple of geeks from New England, um, we would not have had our single largest uh, episode day download uh, in the history of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So more people downloaded episode 100 on day one than any other episode we've had. And I'm incredibly grateful to everybody who listened. So um, part two at, at some point is going to come out later this year around the release of another Star Trek Continues episode. They have three left and we figure that we can hit one of those. <laughs> Maybe. We got to do this all again. We got to do it all again, buddy. We got to, we got to finish the mission. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. We got a lot of fun stuff that happened in day two. Little, not a spoiler alert, but just a, not hey, a guess what? Can't wait, man. Uh, day two will be a little emotional too. I mean, oh. we, uh, I got to, you know, peel back the cover some and talk about, you know, my childhood on day one. And uh, I've gotten some great feedback with regard to that. And, um, there are more things to reveal on day two, and I, I don't want to oversell it or undersell it, but um, uh, there are definitely some some emotions that you know, get processed in that episode. So I think it'll be very interesting. Can't wait for it. Looking forward to it. Dan, another interesting item is that we're doing a giveaway this week, and what? you have the details. I do? You I do. do. I do, yes. Uh, I'll tell you what. We're giving away not one, but two copies of the new book, Star Trek Cats, by illustrator Jenny Parks. Pretty cool. Star Trek Cats is a 64 page, uh, 64 pages of amusing new takes on iconic Trek characters and scenes from Kirk in the captain's chair to Spock offering his Vulcan wisdom. Um, to enter in the draw- drawing, all you have to do is be a member of our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. And if you haven't done that yet, it's not a problem. You can just join us uh, over at facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. Click the button to join and we will let you right in. Uh, and at the top of this group at Camp Kittimer, you are going to see a pin post for Star Trek Cats. And all you have to do is leave a comment. It's just that simple. Tell us about your cat, why you like cats in general, or post a photo of your cat or a cat. Uh, we're going to pick two people at random to receive a copy of, uh, of Star Trek Cats. And uh, now is the very important part. And hopefully we don't upset too many people, but you do have to reside in the United States to be part of this giveaway. So to find out more, just check out the post at the top of Camp Kittimer and good luck to everyone. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, Terry, I know you guys talk a lot about products on the GNT we show do. at various times. Yeah. Um, have you seen the Star Trek Cats book? I've not seen it yet. Actually, we we have a copy of it that we are also doing our own giveaway for. Um, nice. Mike, yeah, Mike Madero's Soridium in GNT show has uh, read it, done a review blog for it. You can head over to gntshow.com to take a look at what he thought of it. It's actually sitting in our living room. It, it just so happens that Ceridium is here in the New Mexico studio 
Um, nice. Yeah, it's it's he's while well, we were he's our um, he's our house and dog sitter <laughs> when we go on vacation. And as you know, we we my husband and I just got back from a vacation, and so uh, Sori is also building a brand new rig for me on a computer level. He's building a oh. beautiful brand new machine for me, and the rest of the parts don't. The new motherboard doesn't get in here until Wednesday, so he's staying with us for another week or so, and. Then, nice. then I'll let him go. <laughs> I'm kind of holding him captive. <laughs> but he's, we have the book here, and it's fantastic. It's so beautifully illustrated and uh, really just absolutely adorable. It really is adorable. That's the only thing I can call it. It's just so cute. I love the cat delta. I think that's one of the best things the whole book is right when you open that first page. <laughs> it's so <Beautiful>. great. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Please give Mikey our love. Um, we, uh, we miss him, and he's such a great part of your show. And um, he's not the Romulan on the show, so we're okay with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, love, love you, Nick. <laughs> Dan, with that, um, it's uh, it's time for the news from treknews.net, my friend. <laughs> Spanning the Alpha Quadrant for all the news on all the Star Treks. It's treknews.net online. Of course, at treknews.net. Dan, Terry, up first. While we were all on vacation, it looks like there were some more cast additions added for Star Trek Discovery, um, including someone we saw recently in Star Trek Continues. Dan, is that right? Yeah, that was very cool. I'm going to get to her last because that was the one that was like, oh, my God, the oh, my God moment. But yeah, several new names have been announced for Star Trek Discovery, including Kenneth Mitchell, who will star as a Klingon commanding officer named Cole. Uh, he's been seen on Jericho, Astronaut Wives Club, and Frequency. And also joining the cast, Claire, Mc Claire McConnell, uh, who will be playing a Klingon Dennis. And she has appeared previously on Dim the Fluorescence. So we're going to have to check that one out. Uh, Damon, Damon Runyon has also joined as another Klingon. Uh, his name is Ujili. That's a different Klingon name. I haven't really heard that one before. Ujili? Ujili. <laughs> U-G-I-L-L-I. Okay. Okay. And uh, you can see him on shows such as Suits, Supernatural, and Gangland of Re Gangland Undercover. I can't read tonight, and don't say another word, Bill. Okay. <laughs> and finally... Um, Shazad Latif, who was previously announced to play a Klingon, or the Klingon, Cole, has been recast to play Lieutenant Tyler, who will be a Starfleet officer. So he's no longer a Klingon. So I find that a little bit interesting. Uh, but, uh, Bill, I got to say the big news, and when we saw this, I was just so ecstatic. Rekha Sharma, who was recently seen in Star Trek Continues, Still Treads the Shadow, has been cast to play Commander Lantry of the Starship Discovery. She's going to be a security officer. Very of course, cool. she's um, very well known for Battlestar Galactica and the 100. And I am, and I'm sure you guys are just completely thrilled and ecstatic about that casting. I am. I'm overjoyed. I love Reka. She was fantastic in in BSG. I haven't seen the 100, but I loved the Star Trek Continues episode she was in. Um, Terry, have you seen Still Treads the Shadow yet? I have not. Believe it or not, I know I had early access to it and everything, but my as you can my I haven't had a computer. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit it. My computer died in January, and I'm going through withdrawals right now. I actually have a little DTS, um, but. Uh, I have not. So I need to do a lot of catching up. 
So. Okay. You are not going to be disappointed, let me tell you. I uh, well, Star Trek and News has never disappointed us for one because they actually give us episodes. But um, but <laughs> did you catch that, Dan? I but, did. Uh, <laughs> but but two, this episode just like all the other ones just raises the bar yet another notch. So I think you're going to love it. Um, I, I'll, I'll put this out to both of you. I'm a little surprised that there's been a recasting. I am, and I'm yeah. not. How about you, Dan? I am. And I'm not. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> wow. I think it's uh, you know it's it's always you know of course of course when this first announced of course all the naysayers came out and say oh it's gonna suck they don't know what they're doing they have to recast but if they're smart enough to see that this wasn't working out right and had a better role then why not what's the problem That's they're exactly still working right. on the show it's coming out it's gonna be awesome calm down people move on we're ready when it comes out in the fall chillax. Chillax, uh, Netflix and Chillax, yo. Of course, yeah, that will be the, well, we'll we can't Netflix. Netflix but, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, I can't wait for Star Trek Discovery. I mean, it's, uh, I've, I'm dying. I'm dying over here. I want to see this show. I want to love it already because I, I'm already so excited by it. We feel the same way. Uh, earlier today, just briefly, I'll tell you, we had a nice discussion about the, the new uh, roles that were announced as well as the recast. And uh, there was also a, a bigger topic that we discussed, but we all kind of felt that, um, you know, the time of our the the time in our lives right now, as far as how the world seems to be to us, I mean, mm. um, it has to feel a lot like. And I was talking to another one of my friends, Jesse, who was. Uh, and a, a, an adult during the TOS, and, <laughs> and she, she and I had a lot. And I said, Jesse, was it was this the way it was in the in the late fifties, early sixties? Did you feel this way? Did you feel? And she said, Yes. But that's wow. why I was so happy that Star Trek came on. So I'm hoping, and I know I'm putting a lot on Star Trek Discovery, but I'm hoping that Star Trek Discovery can be that thread to a new generation. Yes. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, it's it's got it seems like it has all the pieces in place behind the scenes, you know, whether it's you know producing or writing or even in in the casting announcements themselves. I, I have to believe that they're going to put some quality behind this, especially since you know they they want it to be the flagship of CBS All Access. Right. So, um, and and I trust I trust uh, the writers. I really do. I mean, you can't go wrong. Kirsten Beyer is an extraordinarily talented writer. And yes. I'm excited that she is involved because I trust her. I trust Nicholas Meyer. I trust the people who are behind it. And I don't think they would ever intentionally to do anything that would screw up the IP. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. So um, moving on to our next story, Dan, Julie Nimoy's documentary about her father premiered on public television this past weekend. Yes, yeah, so very, that's very exciting. Uh, uh, remembering Leonard Nimoy did premiere in the Boston area on PBS uh, May 4th through uh, May 7th. So as we wrap up uh, this weekend, it is wrapping up on, on uh, PBS. Uh, of course, as you know, uh, Leonard Nimoy grew up in the Boston area before moving to Los Angeles in the 1950s. Uh, so it's great to see that the premiere took here uh, took place here in our area, our neck of the woods, and in his hometown. But for those of you who may not w- live in the wonderful New England area, um, it will be shown, we are being told, 
at STLV in August. So that is going to be great. There is going to be a screening taking place. We don't have specific dates yet, uh, but it is exciting that it will be available to see out there at STLV in just a couple months time. Yeah, I have to agree. I um I haven't I didn't catch it on PBS this weekend, um, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see how different it is based on Adam Nimoy's documentary. I feel like the Nimoy kids are uh, are all making movies now, and it's it's kind of a great thing, at least from my perspective. It is um, a great thing. Yeah, um, we're gonna move quickly to the next news item, Dan and Terry. It looks like Zachary Quinto says there's no guarantee of a fourth Star Trek movie, Dan. Yeah, that was kind of a surprising uh, quote that came out. Uh, they were he was um, promoting a new independent film, Aardvark, uh, and he spoke to the host during this interview about doing another Star Trek film, and he just basically said there's no guarantee on the fourth installment, even though there's been a lot of things that have been coming out about it, such as um, uh, Kirk's father will be back. Uh, that's the big one. Um, but uh, he did say, quote, I don't know. I know that they're working on a script for another one, and we'll see how that all plays out. But the nice thing about that experience is that all the time in between those big tentpole films allows us to go off and cultivate a lot of different creative experiences for ourselves. I'm hopeful we'll do. I'm hopeful we'll do another one, but there's no guarantee. Very interesting quote Very from Zachary. Interesting. I, uh, I I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to hedge my bet on the fact that there will probably be another one. Um, it, Terry, oh, thoughts? I'm, bet, I'm betting on it. Oh I, yeah, I would have to say. And this comes from that, you know, that unique perspective I have sometimes on the entertainment business. Sure, sure. Um, it will happen as long as Paramount stays kind of where it's at. Um, mm. As everybody knows, Paramount is not um, doing all too financially very well right now. As a matter of fact, uh, Viacom, its parent company, is hurting and... Uh, they're looking to, for, they were looking for a buyer. As a matter of fact, CBS was looking to buy it back and then pulled out of that arrangement about six months ago. Well, just before Christmas, so four months ago. And if, if they have an influx of cash, I have no doubt that it'll happen. I still think that Star Trek is probably one of the coat, the coat hangers they have. And they're going to move forward with it if it means that they can pretty much rely on a successful, uh, profitable film, uh, which would be um, what they need. They need a big, they need a big, big win. Uh, they're just not making a whole lot of terribly successful films right now. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a, a lot of, of Paramount's movies are, are really hitting big. Not even the uh, the ones geared toward younger audiences, which really has kind of got them through like the last six, seven, eight years. Yeah. So um, here's hoping that they figure that out because I, I'm going to be selfish and say I want to be more Star Trek, quite frankly. Um, and Dan, lastly in news, um, <laughs> I guess I'm not surprised by this and really nobody should be, <laughs> but uh, it looks like he who will always be James T. Kirk says he's ready to play the role if called upon yet again. He's only 86. I mean, what's, what's, what's the problem? Yeah, <laughs> William Shatner said uh, that he is fit and ready to sit in the captain's chair once again. Um, he, uh, of course, uh, is always going to be remembered as Captain Kirk. He said, quote, I'm perfectly fit and ready to put on some makeup. The problem, I guess, is what do you do with an aging captain whose youthful existence is already there? Of course, talking about uh, Chris Pine and the and the Kelvin Timeline movies. So I would love to see it happen. I would love to see somehow something happen in Discovery. That's just complete 
conjecture on my point, my part. There's no, nothing has been said about anything. So don't everybody jump on the, the bandwagon. Um, but, uh, William Shatner's ready to play Kirk at 80, and he doesn't even look 86. That's the great thing. He yeah. looks like he's in his 50s still. <laughs> I, I, yes, he's ready to play Kirk. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I have nothing yeah. to Shatner. I, lo- I love Shatner. He's, he's Kirk. I mean, you know, Captain Kirk was my boyhood hero. Uh, you know, Shatner was the embodiment of that, but I really can't see him playing Kirk at 86. <laughs> Am I, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Uh, the only way I think it could actually happen and make any fan satisfied is if he is an 86-year-old Kirk in the Kelvin timeline. Timeline, yeah. And and he's doing a flashback or something like that. That that would work. For me, that would work. Um, but other than that, he in the Prime Universe, he's dead. <laughs> Yeah. That Big damn bridge rocks. fell on him. <laughs> <laughs> bridge on the captain. Bridge oh, on boy. the captain. <laughs> He's got a lot of mileage out of that line. I'm I just going to put that out there. I, um, you know, if if it happens, of course I'm going to watch. Of course I'm going to be oh, nostalgic yeah. about it. But uh, I, I don't know the, the the observer of events in me can't help but say, uh, yeah, Bill, um, probably not. Probably not. I mean, okay. We'll we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about generations on another show, okay? Oh, oh. no, we already did that. We're okay. not doing it again. All right. yeah. <laughs> if I have to do that again, it's going to take a lot more alcohol, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, after this, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite first officer. Everybody's? Dan, as we start our second 100 episodes this week, we're not doing just one, but we're doing two different giveaways on the podcast in episode 101. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Our friends at Brainstorm Gear have given us one of their original shirts to give away to one of our listeners. You know, as people who, who may know from listening to the show, I've been going to the gym with my wife. And before I started going, I got some recommendations from friends on New Trek workout gear. And one of those recommendations turned out to be a company called Brainstorm Gear. I ordered a bunch of stuff, stuff that I've now actually shrunken out of, believe it or not. So I ordered more stuff. Um, the capitalist MEA, smaller sizes. And the people at Brainstorm, Dan, actually noticed They congratulated me on my progress, and then they also kicked in a bonus shirt for us to give away on the podcast. And Dan, it just happens to be one of my favorites. It is awesome. It's it's their officially licensed Live Long and Prosper running shirt. Now, you know, they call it a running shirt, but it's really lightweight and comfortable, and it's a cotton blend t-shirt that's light blue in color and uses moisture wicking technology to help you stay dry, and Bill sweats a lot, so he knows that it works very, very well. So true. Uh, Yes, and uh, you know, you can wear it when you're running, you can wear it when you're having yourself a marathon of your favorite Star Trek episodes, maybe. So uh, the shirt is extra large. In addition to that, we've got another bonus, Bill. We are going to give uh, that one lucky listener a Star Trek Science Blue featherweight running hat which is one size fits most. And by that, I mean it won't fit your gargantuan cranium, Bill. That is actually 100% true. It does not fit (laughs) my cranium, but it will fit 
just about everybody else's. To win, all you have to do is go to our Twitter page at twitter.com slash trekgeeks and find the tweet with the photo with a shirt and hat at the top of the page and retweet it. We'll select one winner at random this coming weekend and announce the winner on next week's episode. To be eligible, you must reside in either the United States or Canada. And, well, you kind of have to be a user of Twitter, too. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sorry. And, and that well, that's a good good point. So uh, we want to uh, give special thanks to our friends over at Brainstorm Gear for their generosity, and uh, we hope you check out their line of cycling and running apparel at brainstormgear.com. Excellent. Moving on to the main substance of episode 101, kids, we're going to talk about number one. And of course, I mean all about he who is William T. Riker. In my opinion, and the winner of the first officer Thunderdome, uh, let's just that's, be honest. That's true. Um, here on this podcast. And I have to say, I wasn't always a Riker fan. Yeah. I didn't start off as a Riker fan. Um, Terry, how about you? I know that you kind of have some Riker love, huh? You think? <laughs> you think? I uh, when you when we first kind of met in person at STLV, um, well, it was last year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And you were talking, and you were doing. I think it was your fiftieth episode. What was it? It was your fiftieth episode. Oh, it was just the fiftieth anniversary episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I realized, you know, my story about becoming a Star Trek fan starts when I was four years old. But like most people. Uh, that fandom kind of bled away in the 70s. And as kids are, you don't want, and especially in the 70s, 80s, and whenever, you don't really want to be labeled a nerd. Right. So I shied away from Star Trek for a very, very long period of time until I met my husband in 1987, in August of 1987. Oh, wow. And... um found out that he was a big Star Trek fan, like big, like he could, it was like name that tunes. He could name the TOS episode by <laughs> the star date. Right. Um, and I thought, okay, well, all right. He, he's a Star Trek fan and there's a new Star Trek show coming on. So we could, well, we'll totally watch it and I'll just blame my nerdity on him. <laughs> and, seriously, that's what it was. I totally admit it. Uh, we, I, I, I totally understand. We totally watched every episode of, of The Next Gen. And I would say, I admit it, uh, my love for Riker kind of got sparked probably around season three when he started to mature a little bit. Yeah. But it wasn't until hair. 2007 when I came out of my fandom closet in a big, big way. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard Riker fandom referred to as, as that. That's <laughs> Holy funny. crap, dudes. You have no idea. Not only did I come out of the fandom closet, I came out in a big way. I um, bought a computer just so I could play Star Trek online. I bought books. I started to read the novels. I really fell in love again with the Riker character over just through the novels, through what was coming out uh, in the Time 2 series. And I got sparked, and I started writing fan fiction like there was no tomorrow. Oh, wow. Reams and reams of paper, because I printed crap out. <laughs> oh, my God. But Riker has always been the character, for the most part, that I wrote about. I would write some stuff from Enterprise, like Reed. Reed is a fascinating mm -hmm. character for me. 
Um, but Riker is it. I have written four entire novels based on post-nemesis Riker. So oh my God. I oh. studied every episode he was in, studied every book that was written about him, became a huge fan of the Titan series because of it. Uh, yeah, so I'm like the Riker nerd. Oh my God, we're totally throwing the outline out the window now. <laughs> wow. That's a... Uh... Wow, I, I, I think totally he's kind blown of a away. Douche, though. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- there's a couple of times where I get disappointed in him. There's no doubt. Chain of command being one of them. Yeah, oh, the eye rolls with yes. the chain. I'm yeah. just no, 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 no. With with uh, oh, with Jellico. With Jellico. Oh my yes. God, he was such a whiny little. You know. Thank baby. you. He was so whiny. <laughs> yes. It's like no, dude. You don't. Buck up and take your orders. Buck up and take your orders. <laughs> and he didn't. And I was very disappointed in him. But you know, we did a chain of command episode um, back before. Uh, God, I want to say four or five episodes ago, and mm-hmm. that was one of the first things we said. Is you know, as first officer, you have one job. One job that is execute the captain's directives and the captain's vision. Yep. And Riker failed at that in that episode miserably. I mean, from the moment that you know, when you know, they were told that uh, the. Picard was no longer captain of the Enterprise and he started his eye rolls. Yeah, Yeah, like I don't want to work with somebody else. I don't like stepdad. Stepdad sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But he's always had father issues, hasn't he? Oh well, you know, his father was with Pulaski, so I can see why. (laughs) Well, I have to I have to ask, because your outline, your outline shows, let's go into his bio a little bit. What do you want to ask? (laughs) Well, no. So at this point, we can we can throw the outline out the window. Sure? But what outline? Think, yeah, because already what you've brought to the table, Terry, is fascinating. But yeah, let's, <laughs> right, we'll talk a little bit about Riker's background. I mean, you know, we know that he was born to Betty and Kyle. We know that Betty didn't survive. Right? She died when he was two. Um, she died when he was two. We know that there was just tons of issues between him and Kyle to the point where they would take him to the Anbu Jitsu ring. And what a great sport that seems like <laughs> to play with a child. Um, yeah. And he just had a lot of resentment there for Kyle. And although he patched it up, I, I just... But you, here's uh, the thing. There's, there's not going to... Yeah. Okay. When did Kyle leave him? Oh, I know. He was 15 years old. Yeah, he's 15. He was 15 and left him to go mourn the loss of his his wife and left his kid in Alaska mm-hmm. to kind of fend for himself, which is how he learned how to cook. And, you know, he was able to get into the academy all on his own. So screw Kyle. <laughs> he doesn't need him. He doesn't need he him. He didn't need him. You know, him you and know, his I think this is cheating Ambu Jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, is, it was a, it, for me, that was a big, big thing to glob onto, to realize, you know, this was a person who wasn't just hurt, um, you know, m- by his father. This was a person who was absolutely devastated by his father and, uh, yeah, absolutely. and overcame it despite, almost to spite him. Yeah. Well, and I think he overcame it to only to some degree, because I think it's that same, quality that causes him to just leave without saying goodbye to Deanna Troy when he's on beta zone. Oh, I know. Exactly. And by the way, Mikey says hi. He just came in, brought me another beer. 
Hi, Mikey. I, I messaged him on Facebook. Go, could somebody bring me another beer? Um, oh my God, that's awesome. You, you do need to drink uh, when you're a guest on Trek <laughs> Geeks because that's true. we're Please. just, yeah. Uh, yes. When it came to his inability to commit to Deanna, absolutely. Yeah. Because every it was always about, um, well, he had, he's supposed to be a lot like Kirk, right? Right. And Kirk, as we all know, and many people deny, Kirk was an extremely studious individual. He was the one yes. with this nose in the books, per McCoy. Mm-hmm. He was the mm-hmm. one who wanted to become captain before he was 30 and achieved that goal. Um, Riker was a lot like him. So he was very, very aggressive when it came to his career. And because of that, had a blinder on uh, with regards to his personal life, not unlike his father. Wow, that's really good. There you go. <laughs> wow, you, you really deep. are elevating this podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I, Dan, at, at least from my perspective, I think one of the things really why I wasn't a Riker fan early on, and I don't know if you feel the same way, um, is that I thought he was written just far too rigid. And like you said, he, he was a bit douchey the first season. Yeah, I thought so. The first and second season, it's funny that Terry says that she started really appreciating him in the third season. And I think that's when I started to as well. Maybe it's when he grew the beard. You know, he wasn't so stolid before the beard. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I think that his characters, I think the writing for Riker became much better, as did a lot of the writing for all of the characters of the show in the third season. And uh, I think Frakes really upped his game um, at that point and became a fan favorite very quickly. I think that uh, for me, I think it was when they allowed Frakes to bring a little more Frakes to mm-hmm. Riker mm-hmm. that it actually started to cause the character to work. Because once you get some of that warmth and some of that um, that sense of humor that Jonathan Frakes himself has, you got to forget that you know Riker the first two seasons was a guy who walked around with one shoulder cocked in the air, um, well, it was, and take corners. Weird. Yeah, that, <laughs> it was kind of that. Which John we'll Wayne get walk. into with you. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I call it the John Wayne walk. He has that kind of over that that John Wayne, but in a in an exaggerated format. Yeah. Oh, very much so. It's all machismo. It's yeah. all you know. I'm the first officer of this ship, and you know, I got. I got to say, Terry, I don't know if you've seen it, and we've talked about it, I think, a little bit. Bill does the most awesome Riker walk impersonation that you will ever see. And he did it for me in Vegas, oh. right in the middle of the casino. I I think I peed my pants a little bit. I really do. <laughs> it was hysterical. I cannot and wait. He's got to do it for you in Vegas. You're going to be there in August, right? Oh, yeah. We are. Then, We're booked. Um, then, then consider a, a command performance. I I will uh, I will allow it okay. and I will entertain <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Um, because far be it for me to disappoint my adoring public. <laughs> There's my man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think one of the things in Riker's backstory that really I don't want to say bothered me, um, but it just really made me go, huh? Okay, was the relationship that Gene created initially with Deanna Troy because it it really did kind of seem like an also ran retread of of Decker and Ilya from TMP. Yeah. Um, I have to say when I first started watching, I was intrigued, um, when I, when in 1987, when we first started watching the show and we realized that right up front, I mean, literally from the first scene that he walks out onto the bridge of that ship, Deanna approaches him and establishes their former relationship, 
right off the bat. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with that. I actually kind of went, okay, the writers told us up front this was going to be the con- the point of conflict between them. It sure. was, and I thought, okay, good. I can move forward with that. Um, I was a little a little worried towards the end towards the movies when they started when I started to hear rumors that they were going to bring the two together. I was actually a little worried about that because they they actually got to a point in the seventh or even the sixth season when you realize they're such good friends. Yeah. And I didn't want that to be ruined because it took his, his friendship with Deanna made him the man that he became. And then I realized, no, when I watched Nemesis, especially some of the cut, um, the no, not Nemesis, I'm sorry, Insurrection, uh, some of the cut scenes from that, I just realized, okay, it totally works. I buy it. I buy it hook, line, and sinker. Um, the only problem I had with their eventual marriage in, and then moving into the books, mind you, I jump into the books. The only problem I have with their books is the name of their child. So big deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't read any of the Titan books. What's the name of their you child? You really want me to tell you? Yeah, I do. Okay, it's Natasha. Oh, and I'm like, I, wow, yeah, and I'm like, okay, one fan service, I get it, I get it, it was right, fan right. service, but two, I never saw them as being that close, right? Absolutely, no. yep. Especially Deanna, and if anything, I would have ended, I would have been much more happy if they had named her like Lawaxana. It would have been adorable, <laughs> right. but yeah. whatever, but or or whatever Deanna's sister was, right? Oh, oh that would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. Even though I, even though I hate that episode, that oh, would have been, a, I think, a much more fitting. Do you hate name. that episode? I Not do. A fan of it. I, it I must do, be yeah, a girl uh, thing because I cry every time. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I think that I, I just, I, I think it probably needed one more pass on rewrites because there were entire sections in the middle that just make me just lose interest. Ah, uh, um, and I love drama. I mean, I, 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 I love really good weighty drama, but. I just, uh, I don't know. It just uh, maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. Um, but I, th- I remember Two beers, seeing it a couple glass years of red ago. Wine. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> You'll be a uh, mess. <laughs> well, you know, let's. So, so we we know a little bit about Riker. We can you know scrap digging into his backstory, and I suppose we can just go to really our favorite Riker moments because really I think that's what we're all itching to talk about. Um, I and I, I have to say that I. Whether they're big moments or little moments, I think that the things I appreciate the most about Riker are the times where he is probably the most human, uh. or at times where he's caught off guard. You know, in um, um, the Offspring, when he walks into the bar and Lol is there, and he sort of starts hitting on Lol. I have to say that's one of my favorite Riker moments ever because, as campy as the scene is, Frakes just nails the reaction, and Riker is just totally like, "What." What the hell just happened? <laughs> I, what? what? That was, I can't. I can't hit on this hot girl. What? That was just on H and I a few nights ago. Wasn't and my, it? And my oh. wife Susan and I were watching it, and that scene, Sue just started laughing so loud because of that. That it's reaction. It's, it was just great. But it's Data <laughs> asking about his intentions that slays me. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. in. I'm yeah, on totally. the floor. Um, yeah, the the one thing about Riker is, of course, he gets the same, in my opinion, BS uh, womanizer threat, yes. right? And it's just BS. It's, I'm sorry. I hope in 400 years 
we're all kind of over our prudishness. That's all I have to say about the matter. And Riker is just a free man. And, um, and I'm hoping that with Star Trek Discovery, we see a few free women because there weren't in TNG. Um, and I, I, I love that episode. So I, I'm 100% on board with your take on his reaction in that. Dan, uh, Dan, do you have a moment that, uh, that you like, whether it's big or small? I think um, the entire episode, we've, we had a whole episode on the Pegasus. Ugh. That is the quintessential Riker episode. It is Riker perfection, I think, in terms of, of the story and of Frakes acting his character, dealing with what he has to deal with and his past ghost coming up. Uh, and haunting him it's just fantastically done and the story is great that's that's the Riker episode for me oh I couldn't agree more uh Pegasus was pe- there's probably a, a a less less than 10 a solid five episodes in the entire TNG uh canon that became my biggest inspirations for writing about him Pegasus of course being the number one but I yeah. went in a different direction with it. I was so inspired by his failures, by his humanity, by his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you see, it really, for the first time in Star Trek, you really see that an officer screwed up in his early career, right? Yeah. And he kind of yeah. got away with it. For a long time. And if, if he had been as young as Wesley was when Wesley screwed up, he would have suffered the same problem, don't you think? Yeah, but absolutely. oh, without a doubt. Good point. Yeah, very good point. So when by the time all of this comes out, he's already an established, well-respected officer, um, and the first officer of the Enterprise. So they gave him some leeway. I would have loved to have been what had to be the court-martial of the admiral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been a great, great right? episode or story or a story or novel anything. So yeah. I took it one step further. I'm just pitching my own fanfic now, but I took it oh, yeah, I, I took it one step further where in the universe, if you want to call it, where I wrote about Riker, I wrote he had children. This was before the books came out. And I wrote that he and Deanna had three kids, a set of twins, who of course drive them nuts, and then, and then <laughs> a third, and the third child doesn't have the same telepathic uh things that Deanna or the other two children have. She's kind wow. of pretty much normal human. human. Uh, she, however, is far more judgmental because she doesn't have, you know, she's very judgmental. And she trips across. Yeah. She thinks of her father as the ultimate hero until she finds out about the Pegasus. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she begins to dig into not just her father's background, but her mother's and her surrogate grandfather, who's Picard. And then she discovers about Locutus. She just digs into everything. And it's so much fun to write about having Riker relive all of this all over again, right? Trying to explain to his child, I'm sorry, I hid it from you, but, you know... How is that, when you make a mistake like that in your career, and it was, it was an, a genuine error on his part. And how do you explain that? How do you, 
it, it, in your career and within a military or paramilitary organization, that's one thing. But when you're looking at a 12 year old kid, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? I, I'm at a loss for words. I, I honestly don't know. Terry, that sounds, that sounds amazing. It's so and much you, fun. You have to print this stuff out? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you guys. But it's... Yeah, it, I want to read this. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really yeah. fun. And it's... Uh, but he's that kind of character, along with Troy, that gives me that... Uh, those are the things that a fanfic writer looks for, are the missing... Sure. The, how do you get inspired? What are you inspired by? Like you were saying, is I would have loved to have seen, oh... The you know the the ramifications of this. I would have liked to have seen what happened on Earth. There, Star Trek is so full of them, those empty spaces yeah. that writers and fanfic writers have just a joyful thing. And Riker just happens to be my inspiration because I find him so human compared to pretty much everybody else. Wow, I, uh, this is totally blowing my mind. I mean, this is even better than than I anticipated our discussion on Riker to be because I'm learning so much about, you know, um, what what springboarded from what we saw. Yeah. I think that's that's phenomenal. Like, you know, so I I, I was go just going to say one of my favorite moments, however, of Riker will probably have to be um, in Best of Both Worlds, and not the fire when he you know right. when he gets. It's got to be when Picard is in the room with him and he has to make the decision to unplug him. Yeah. And and he has to make the decision that will he is pretty convinced will kill his own captain and his father figure. And he makes it. It's not just the fire. It's he he that it was he really had to look him in the eye to do it. It was that's right. my favorite record episode. You know, it was interesting. I recently read um, the, the latest Dayton Ward novel. I was on my cruise. Um, the one that uh, I think you read headlong also, Terry, the Headlong Flight. Oh, so and it was good. it was fascinating. And for anyone who hasn't read it, I don't want to give too much away, but um, it deals with a Riker that uh, was fresh off that experience within about six months or so. And um, it's it's just fantastic writing. If anybody hasn't read Headlong Flight by Dayton Ward, they really should because it's phenomenal. And a big shout out to Dayton Ward. Congratulations on the two Scribe Award nominations that came out today. Nice. Absolutely! Wow, it's like it's like you podcast, Terry. That was amazing. That was like that was like major market Shut stuff up. right there. I know. I'm like so into it and everything. <laughs> You know, I find that with Riker, I like a lot of the as much as I love the drama, because we'll we'll get into the episode that or the the poll we put out on social media in just a second. I like a lot of the smaller Riker moments because of that that human side that you didn't really get with Kirk per se. You saw little bits of of you know gleams of it at times, but with Riker, there were times where they just totally let you know his his human side and his affable side out. And I think of the, um, the season two episode, the Dauphin where he and Wesley and Guinan are having the conversation in oh. 10 forward about how Wesley should talk to girls. Mm. <laughs> and it is one of the best scripted exchanges <laughs> in all of Star Trek. Truly. And, and Jonathan just pours it on. And the fact that he's got Whoopi opposite him to, to respond to it and the give and take they have creates probably one of my favorite Riker moments probably ever. Because it's just so it's brilliant. Because Riker, you know, starts off giving the quote unquote lesson, but he finds somebody and and Guinan, who is his equal, 
in response. And Wesley disappears to him. (laughs) Best thing ever. It's (laughs) brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And if Wesley hadn't have spoken up, Riker and Guinan would have been doing the, the deed. Oh my God, that is something I've not even thought about. <laughs> she, she does come from a race of listeners. I'm just going to say she that. She knew him inside uh, and out. I'm, I'm, it would have been awesome. I just loved it. Oh, just, I'm sorry yeah, I'm if I gave the... you both nightmares. I didn't mean to do that. But Riker <laughs> <laughs> no, also found I'm a way to pick it. up a woman with six arms. I go fig. Right? right? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm looking at uh, at the dialogue for that scene in in IMDb, and it just it reads just so well. You know, not these dreams. I dream of a galaxy where your eyes are the stars, and the universe worships the night. Oh my God, this is awesome, <laughs> Dan, Dan! I was just saying the same thing to you the other day. You were. I was like, wow, that sounds really familiar. I appreciate that. Now I know where it came from, and it makes me feel even more creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> so earlier today on our various social media platforms, I asked people in general, what was their favorite Riker episode? And I got a couple of responses, one more than I expected. And first off, I got Chain of Command Mm -hmm. a lot, which I I anticipated. Mm -hmm. Um, For the wrong reasons, I'm sure. Uh, Probably. (laughs) I I, I would agree with that 100%. I got Best of Both Worlds a lot. And the other one I got that really kind of surprised me is actually my favorite Riker episode, which is Frame of Mind. Oh. I adore that episode because he just gets pushed past the brink of sanity and he's trying to keep it together and somehow he brings it back together, but he's just, he's lost it. And it's just, it's sheer brilliance. You know, it it says more about the actor in that episode than anything. Freaks was never known for being the quintessential, you know, powerhouse actor. He never was. He was, right? Right. This episode, he really got to prove himself, and I think he knocked it out of the park. There's very few episodes where he gets to really push the envelope besides anger. I mean, this was fear. This was terror. This was confusion and insanity, and he really worked. He just, he was great. He was absolutely exquisite in the episode, and it was so good. Dan, I can't remember. I, I remember I liked Frame of Mind. It was in my top ten for TNG. It, it didn't make your top ten, right? No, but it's right. It's right over. It's it's probably in the top fifteen. I don't have a specific number for it, but it, yeah, sure, it's sure. and it's it's good for exactly what Terry was just talking about. Frakes is amazing in that he looks like a psycho nut job mm. in, in parts of this episode. He's <laughs> so good at it, um, and you never know what's going on. I, I you know the shattering imagery and and all that stuff, and you feel what's going on in his mind. He the, it is his probably it may not be my favorite Riker episode, yeah. but I think we can all agree it's po- probably the best acted Frakes as Riker episode yeah. in the entire series. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I have to agree with that. Yeah. Terry, you've read a, a lot of the novels, yeah. right? Um, are there any Riker specific novels other than like say 
uh, headlong flight um, that maybe you'd recommend. You know, I got one off the top. I'm of your going head. to say right off the bat, start with the Titan novels. There is an entire series yeah. now of six. I think we're at six or seven novels now of Titan novels. But if you want to dip your toes into something fun, uh, jump into the eBooks. Uh, they're very short. They're e-novellas. They're about forty thousand words a piece. One was written by John Jackson Miller, who um, has written just the Prey series that just came out. And oh, yeah. I think it was called, oh my God, it just went out of my head. Absent Enemies. Oh no, yeah. It, was it John Jackson Miller or James Swallow? Either one. Absent Enemies. That's a good one to jump into if you would like to know what's going on with Captain Riker. Okay. And okay. if you guys don't know, by the end of the fall series, uh, mm, Captain Riker is promoted. He's no longer the captain of the I, Titan. Oh. I gathered that from Headlong Flight. Yeah, which is really cool because now he's the Admiral <laughs> over oh, yes. Picard, and it's really fun. <laughs> you know, I so I was you know I was reading. I, I I read Star Trek books these days so infrequently that I really need to get oh, back to so it. And I was really like, I'm reading it like what he's he's yeah. what he's uh, what it's. Fantastic. The way he gets to his, the way he gets to Admiral is exquisite, exquisitely written, um, and totally believable. And let me ask a question, Bill, you, you mentioned that when you were reading, you were like, what, what, like you had to reread that it said Admiral Rikers. Is that kind of what you were getting at? Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. I've got, I've got a, a Riker novel, and it might be one that people have already, you know, read. It's been out for a long time, and that's Imzadi by Peter oh, David. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, fantastic it's, novel. Yeah. And what, why I brought up what you just said is because when I've read it probably five or six times, I, I love it. Um, in the very beginning, there, there's a scene taking place, and the very last sentence says, "And Commodore Data watched them go." And so I'm reading that, and I'm like, okay, this is my first Peter David novel and he did a misprint what the hell he's commander data but (laughs) he's not he's he's commodore data and it's a great great um riker episode uh, or or novel i should say about how he met deanna and his very first time on beta z that's one that i would recommend i would too that's a good one that is a great one i remember reading that god i want to say like 93 Maybe. Yeah, it's been out for a long time. It's, it's, a, uh, it's You know what? It's I think great. you're right. It has been out for at least 20 years now. Um, wow. I know, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you wanted something that was more up to date, I would suggest that start off with the first Titan novel, uh, which I believe is called The Red King. Um, oh. And it's very good because what's fun about it is the Titan crew. Uh, the Titan crew ends up being everything you always wished would happen in Star Trek, and that is the diversity of species on the Titan is better is more diverse than any other ship in Starfleet. There's like uh, wow. 200, I don't know, it's got 180 people on board or something like that, but it's there's 200 different species or something. It's crazy. Oh, wow. And um, not all of whom are humanoid. Most of whom are not oh, humanoid. Awesome. So, and the helmswoman is a Pacifican, so she has to wear a essentially a reverse scuba suit. Oh, so she's in water. <laughs> she's all the in time. water all the like time, like that fish on that show. But yeah. even better, she has a total <laughs> sexual history with Riker. <laughs> I swear to God, it's awesome. 
<laughs> I, it's I'm trying awesome. to wrap my mind around yeah, this. Yeah, it's huh. I, hilarious. Okay. And on that I, note, I'll just say that Anxiety came out in 1992. <laughs> I was so close. I was so, so yeah. very close. Yeah. I, I just, the Titan novels are just so much fun. And they are the books that we had always hoped a lot of a lot of Star Trek fans had always hoped that if Star Trek was ever going to make an animated series, that it would be the Titan mm. books. Oh, that would have been amazing. It still could be amazing. What am Let's I talking make about? It happen. Right. Let's make it, it happen. I'll get my um, pencil out. Uh, sort of off the cuff, do either of you have any sort of Dark Horse Riker episodes, ones that maybe people don't think of as often that you absolutely love? Terry, after you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't know if it would, episode, Dark Horse episode, I would have to say would be, oh, second chances probably, um, you know, okay. where he's split into two, but Dark Horse um, uh, scene is, uh, yeah, way, yeah, is, there's a scene in a, it's actually a Troy episode where Troy kind of falls in love with this broker. And he's another, and he yeah. ends up being kind of the secret betaz- beta- betazoid, right? And he uses his. Oh, that's the, uh, the, the Prime Hall thank episode, you, thank right? You, thank, you, the the yeah. thank you so much. There's a scene where Riker talks to the broker. And he. Devonani And Rall. he tells him, You made a mistake. I couldn't be happier for De- Deanna. To me, that was a quintessential character defining moment, is when he, you realize nice. that it's more about his friendship and his true love for a friend mm-hmm. than it was about some kind of false uh, sense of possession. That's a great one. Dan, how about you? Um, I don't know if I'd call them dark horses, but um, Future Imperfect is one oh. that's always, uh, it's its a fun yeah. episode. There's a lot of twists in it, and I just love the whole idea of alternate reality. Well, it's not really an alternate reality, but, you know, just little nuances like the communicator, the com badge is different, and and Admiral Picard and, and stuff like that. I love that episode. I also love A Matter of Honor oh. when he goes over to the Klingon ship with Lieutenant Clack. I just love that episode also. <laughs> So, um, One yeah, those are two great both. ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that neither of you said Shades of Grey. I'm really kind of stu- uh, stunned. Because, you know, he acted the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, right? Let me was, twitch my face like, while the probes are in my brain. Yeah, he could have just gotten drunk and, stay, you know, fell asleep. Well, oh. I have to say, you know, as far as Riker quotes, Dan does my favorite Riker quote of all time from uh, from Insurrection. We're through running from these bastards. <laughs> I love it. I love you have it. no idea you guys have a poster of his joystick. <laughs> I think it's called a manual no, steering it's column. Riker's joystick. <laughs> <laughs> There's the wow. hashtag for the week. Hashtag, hashtag Riker's joystick. Riker's joystick. third Nacelle if you're into all good things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's hoping it doesn't vent dry plasma. Anyway, um, that's, uh, that's sort of our, our brief. We could go on about Riker for hours. We probably could. And uh, after having a three-hour-long episode uh, last time, we probably should look to wrap this one up, kids. Um, okay. Terry Lynn, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking about Riker. I am so excited to hear about your fanfic, and I can't wait to read some of it, hopefully soon. And... Um, 
I, that that is awesome. You you grace our show with your presence. We love the GNT show, as you know. We're big fans. To us, you guys are, are Star Trek podcast royalty and pioneers. And um, without people like you, there wouldn't be people like us. So please give everyone our love. And I will, and I can't even begin to tell you guys how much fun it is to to be able to sit down and talk Trek with both of you. Uh, you know that the GNT show loves Trek geeks. Uh, equally as much as you love us. And uh, if anything, it does go to show that Star Trek podcasting isn't about competition. It's about love and friendship. And we wish you the very best and congratulations on your 100th episode. Wow. Thank you so much. much. That is, it's, it's like I said, because of people like you that Dan and I get to be like idiots on the show. It's fun, isn't it? And, um, I was going to be on the lookout for anything that I could do in Vegas so that I could take you to court, but now I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Dan was vanquished in the trial on the GNT show. That is true. 24 hours of GNT. Yeah, you Um, you guys complain about a three hour episode. You want to, um, try 24? Um, yeah. No, but we'll we'll come play on that turf anytime. Uh, you guys can you guys can do the twenty four. We'll stick to the the I'll three. Look for us in October, <laughs> we'll expect you to be there, and we will be. Uh, Dan, speaking of, of being somewhere, um, would you please tell the kindly listeners of this year podcast how they may get in touch with us with comments, feedback, suggestions, and maybe their favorite Riker moments? Absolutely. As always, on Twitter, Facebook, Skype, and Instagram, you can find us at Trek Geeks. And you can also send us an email at podcast at trekgeeks.com or call us at 508-784-1701 to leave us a voicemail or go to speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks. As always, as we discussed earlier tonight, you can join our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. A lot of great discussion going on over there. You get early access to the episodes of the Trek Geeks podcast. I bet you didn't know that, did you, Terry I Lynn? I did not. There you go. If you're a member of Camp Kittimer, you get them a day early. So to join the group, just go over to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. And one of our wonderful admins, Heather, Jackie, or Dan, will let you right in to join in on all the phone, all the fun on the phone, all the phone, all the whole phone, because I'm not done yet, because you got to remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Bill, back to you. Dan, thank you very much. That was fantastic. Dan, of course, we have to thank our friends, the band Five Year Mission. We are so indebted to them every week for the music they provide to Trek Geeks. um, And we love the heck out of them. Uh, Dan. (laughs) he's probably at the gym right now totally losing his mind because terry lynn's saying hi and i would too quite frankly you know bill i gotta say i watched an episode this week and it was actually i was a little i was a little unnerved by it really i was it was it was actually the resolution to the season six cliffhanger um our evil drummer came up with a way to give data emotions and actually convinced him to join his group of rogue borg in an attempt to wipe out all other Star Trek bands. Can you believe that? It was, no, I, it was, I can't. It was chilling, and it was a little bit scary. It was Descent, Fark 2. Oh, oh my God, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> oh, that was... You made Terry Lynn groan. Oh. She well, loves... No, she was thinking of the poster she told That's us about a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I, Oh, no. See, I could yeah. be so censored. Uh, right now, I'm going to be a good girl. Mm. Thank you, thank you. It's less work for the guy who edits this. 
All right. Well, okay. They're working on year four. They're doing one, two, and three. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Blah, blah. We love yeah, you. Let, let me do that part. <laughs> uh, yeah. Of course, they're working on year four right now, but we want everyone to head out to fiveyearmission.net. Pick up one of their albums. We guarantee that you'll become as big a fan of Five Year Mission as Terry is and as Dan is and as I am. So, it's fiveyearmission.net. Dan, why don't you. Uh, Tell us what's. Do we know what's coming up next week? Well, I think we're going to be uh, talking some enterprise a little bit next week. I think that's the plan anyway. Oh, yeah, because you know we're talking about. uh, We talked about the Borg just a minute ago with Descent Fark Two, which is a great episode. I really recommend everybody sees it. But uh, you know that the Borg, Bill, were actually in an episode of Enterprise. How is that possible? I don't know, Dan, but I suspect we're going to find out next week. We are going to find out next week. We're talking regeneration? Regeneration from Enterprise. Awesome episode. Can't wait to talk about it. I'm so glad we prepare for this show. Uh, Dan, of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, after you check out the GNT show, please head on over to the Tricorder Transmissions and check out our friends over there. Dan, did you know that they just launched a new podcast? For Trek Rank. So Jim Morehouse himself, Enterprise Extra, has his own podcast over in the Tricorder Transmissions, and it's fantastic. I can't get me enough of Morehouse. He's awesome. We love Jim. We love the Tricorder Transmissions, and we hope you'll head on over there And for some of the great Star Trek discussion they have. And Dan, of course, for all the latest news on all the Star Treks, please visit our wonderful friends at treknews.net. Online at treknews.net. For now. This has been episode 101 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Mr. Smith. Coconut. Dun, 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 dun. See you next summer. What should I say? How do how do I act? What do I do? Guinan, I need your help. Could you step over here a minute? Sounds simple enough. <laughs> now, first words out of your mouth are the most important. You may want to start with something like this. Here. You are the most beautiful woman in the galaxy. But that might not work. Yes. Yes, it would. You don't know how long I've wanted to tell you that. But you're afraid. Yes. Of me? Of us, of what we might become. Commander? Or that you might think that was a lie. Maybe I do think it's a lie. And you think I'm not sincere? I didn't say that. There's nothing wrong with the line. It's like a knock at the door. Then you're inviting me in. I'm not sending you away. That's more than I expected. Is it as much as you hoped? To hope is to recognize the possibility. I had only dreams. Dreams can be dangerous. Not these dreams. I dream of a galaxy where your eyes are the stars and the universe worships the night. Careful. Putting me on a pedestal so high you may not be able to reach me. Then I'll learn how to fly. 
You are the heart in my day and the soul in my night. I don't think this is my style. Shut up, kid. Tell me more about my eyes. <laughs> <laughs>